Thursday morning broadcast. Well, we know what happened Tuesday in Jersey City, and it's taken all of us until now to just uh, digest all this uh, that has happened, uh, except, of course, for those who were part of the episode, part of the horror. We can't even imagine what they're going through at this time. Uh, our friends at OHEL, as you can imagine, have taken a leadership role, as they always do, in trying to help the community, particularly those who uh, deal with children, uh, parents, educators, etc., on a regular basis, and children themselves, uh, to respond to this uh, shooting in Jersey City and the tragic murder of two members of our greater Jewish community. Uh, our good friend, Dr. Norman Blumenthal, who serves as Director of Trauma and Crisis Response at OHEL, is with us live via telephone and zo- joins us to discuss some of the things we need to keep in mind in the aftermath of this horrific episode. Dr. Blumenthal, welcome back to JM and the AM. As you indicated, uh, we wish it was under different circumstances, frankly. Absolutely. But it's good to have you on, and I thank you for that. <clears throat> this is not, unfortunately for you, this is not a uh, a, a, a new type of, um, of, of response or system of response uh, that you've put up on the OHEL family website or that you've done now. Uh, over the last uh, 48 hours in terms of uh, dealing with our community. You've been through these types of situations before. What are the most important things for educators and parents to keep in mind vis-a-vis children in the immediate aftermath of all this? If this happened late Tuesday, what should they be doing, thinking, implementing on Wednesday, yesterday, and today uh, in terms of dealing with our children? Okay, I think they're basically, I'm going to mention four points. Um, of course, for, with utmost brevity, and again, with a heavy heart and feelings of condolences to, to those obviously much more immediately affected. Uh, number one, don't hide the facts. Uh, we live in a day and age of uh, information dissemination that if we hide the facts, uh, the children will find out from someone else or in other circumstances. And we always want our children to process uh, such tragic and potentially destabilizing information in the presence of responsible adults, which in the most part is parents and teachers. And the important point also is if we openly share the facts, then we can be very assured that the information they're getting is consistent. Right. Nothing will cause fear in children to skyrocket more if one person tells them one thing, another person tells them another thing. So we have to share it. We have to discuss it. We, 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 we cannot insulate. We don't live in a day and age. There was a time when children could be insulated from frightening information. We don't do that anymore. Um, the other very important point is to validate feelings, uh, that it is not a sign of weakness, nor is it a sign of a lack of amuna. If someone is frightened and someone is terribly saddened by these events. Um, we are entitled, and uh, God made us in such a way as to have normal emotions. We're going through this, this partios of voracious and yavos, obviously, at their level, uh, experience a full range of emotions, sadness, fear, anger. And so our children know that if this is causing them to be frightened, by, or this is causing them they think about the families uh, who, who have experienced fatalities, that they should be terribly saddened. This is normal, and that adults, too, uh, all of us, are scared and terribly saddened by, by these events. But we have to balance that with a realistic perspective. We, we don't want our children to think that murderers are lurking behind every corner and that every grocery store 
is a dangerous place. We're taking necessary precautions. Unfortunately, thank God we live at a time where the government also protects us. It wasn't so long ago in our history where we lived in governments that not only didn't protect us, but actually assaulted us. Right. Um, we live in a good government, and a government that, and the law enforcement and, and officials are try, doing everything possible to ensure our safety. So we have to balance it that this is still a rare event um, and that there are precautions in place and that most people, even outside the Jewish community, are law-abiding good people who would not inflict harm on any other human being. So we have to balance the awareness and, and the fear with uh, a, a realistic perspective in terms of dangers. And one last point, which I think we also have to keep in mind whenever we process this information with children, is that children are very resilient, and children will themselves gravitate towards health and will figure out a way to man- manage this, these scary events. And if they can't, they'll let us know uh, that they can't and will turn to us for assistance. So I don't want parents... And worrying that now all of the children are going to have mental breakdowns, um, our children are, in fact, in my work, part of what makes this tolerable is uh, watching and seeing some of the resilience of children and adults and some of the unity and care that takes place. Dr. Norman Blumenthal is with us talking about the aftermath of Jersey City. All right, let me, let me uh, uh, address each of these with you, if you don't mind. You know, it's funny, Rabbi Riskin was here Monday and described for us how when his grandfather died, he was never told. And he sort of discovered it at the age of 10 because there was shiva going on. (laughs) And and I wonder when you say don't hide the facts, in addition to, you know, information being empowering, and we know that that's a fact, even information for young kids is empowering. uh, But in addition to that, there's a trust factor, right? If you, in the long run, if you think it's a good idea to hide or alter facts to children, especially as you indicated these days, they're going to find out the actual accurate truth, and that could lead to trust issues with parents, right? Correct. If not trust us as much as they're constantly wondering and worrying, but our parents not telling us. Right. Now, the truth is that probably when I risked was younger. Right, it was more normal. For right? many of us who were younger, it was a different world. Right. And was this sort of mutual understanding between children and parents that some strange things go on in the adult world, and they're not going to tell us, and we don't want to know. Right. That's not, in the age of technology, that's not present. Children not only find out, but they, they feel entitled to know. Then you, men- you mentioned validating feelings. Um, in addition to validating the young people's feelings, I, I mean, frankly, I-, I can't imagine there isn't anybody, especially in our area, because this happened a couple of miles from here, I can't imagine there isn't anybody as a Jew who isn't, you know, frightened and shaken by all of this because someone walked into a certain establishment to kill Jews, essentially. That's what it comes down to. And we are all, everybody listening right now, is it sometimes in a Jewish establishment or gathering or social event or synagogue, you know, where, where God forbid, everything could be a potential uh, a potential uh, target. So when you say validate feelings, is it a problem letting the kids know that you as an adult feel the same way they do? No, there's nothing wrong with that, but we don't just sort of wallow in our fear. What we do is we take that fear and we try to respond to it with action. Obviously, actions including prayer and beseeching Hashem to to keep us safe, but actions also to ensure our safety. Um, One of my reactions personally is I was thinking uh, when this happened is we're probably not far away from what's going on in Israel where there are going to be security guards in front of Merchants in front of stores yeah. and, and metal detectors, uh, because, but you know, which is a sad thought. Yeah. 
but it's also protecting us further, and that's what we do with fear. We, we, we experience it. It's, a, it's an unpleasant feeling, and to relieve ourselves, then we take proper action. All right, got it. Uh, then you talk about the rarity of the event. You know, I remember as a kid, they showed a film in school about how to deal with a fire, and then I was convinced, of course, that you know every, every night my house would burn down because you know you, you see this as a kid, and you and you're you're frightened just by the scene of what they're describing. Um, wh- when you say it's important to describe and uh, convince uh, one's kids how rare these events are, um, is that one of the reasons you would encourage? Uh, parents and educators to take children, for instance, to police stations, and not just for the Hakara Satov, not just for the appreciation, which of course is important, and it's important for us to demonstrate that, but also to reassure them that, you know, the exception is what happened in Jersey City. The rule is that these men and women are ready to protect us at any cost. Oh, absolutely. And again, we have to put it in a realistic perspective. One of the things that happens with uh, you know, today in the age of technology and where we get so much information and right away into our living room and in very graphic ways is for at least children, then they can be distorted how often this has happened and how close to close proximity it is to us. So, yes, we want to give them that balanced picture. There is danger. We're not going to deny it. Right. And there is true hatred and anti-Semitism, and we can't hide that from them. But the, the flip side is that we are, we as a community are taking necessary precautions and that we, again, are very fortunate in this time and day and age to live at a time within, a, within a government that takes our safety very seriously. And finally, you mentioned resilience. I'm not insulting the kids when I say this, but... The ignorance of children sometimes is a big advantage for them. They're, they're not looking at this episode the way a, a, an adult or someone my age may look at it because of all the life experience we have and calculating all the things that went into this and all the different variables that, you know, get us to this level of fear. They, frankly, have, you know, have had a simpler life, please God, up until this point. And I think that the ignorance is part of the resilience. Am I right? Well, yes and no. That, I think that was true when we were children. Which I think was sometime around the Civil War, but um, <laughs> but the uh, children today are very different kind of children. Children today are incredibly well informed. Let's face it; I mean, not everybody has internet, but uh, those who do, a child can click a mouse and find out anything and everything they want to find out. So there, there's a, it, children are very different today. They're much more well informed, right? And and this is a very important point, and and something that we all struggle with is they feel they have a right to know, right? There was a spoken agreement for many generations between parents and children is that we as adults we're filtering the information, and we're deciding what you find out, what you know, what you don't know. That's out the window today, and it's it's changed parenting and teaching in some very significant ways. Dr. Norman Blumenthal's Director of Trauma and Crisis Response. Now, if you go to olfamily.org, olfamily.org, the links are right there where they can go to your um, uh, to what you've written about all of this. A lot of what you just told us is right there on the site. Uh, what happened in the immediate aftermath? Someone told me that OHEL invited you to participate in a Monday night, uh, in a Tuesday night conversation, and that hundreds of people participated? No, that did not happen. No, no. But I was there was a telephone conference which with a thousand people. Uh, I don't know if it was a thousand were on, but suitable for a thousand people where we went. We went over some of these issues. It wasn't a, an, an in-person meeting. No, no, that's uh, what I, I meant. I meant that. I meant a, a oh, teleconference. Yes, yes. There was a telephone conference, and um, the, there was, uh, and, and I was in constant phone contact. Uh, we have trained a, a, a caterer of volunteers in Williamsburg in trauma. We're in the middle of training them, actually. 
in, in trauma interventions, and many of those individuals were in touch with, with me and with our team uh, throughout the day. Oh. Um, so, and we are, as, as you mentioned, we are available, available not only to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to check the link, but anybody who has specific questions about their children or specific concerns, or even about themselves, and call OHEL and ask to speak to a member of the trauma team, and they'll be in touch with one of us. The OL crisis team, in conjunction with local agencies, are available for further questions and clarification. 1-800-603-OHEL, 1-800-603-OHEL, or access at ohelfamily.org, access at ohelfamily.org. You know, we always talk about, you know, we wait for the day when certain organizations and departments are not necessary. Right. Boy, I, I hope your department becomes obsolete pretty quickly. Yes, frankly. I, I, I want to go out of business. Yes, it's 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 insane that uh, that that we as a community. I mean, I, I mentioned earlier this morning just these three major episodes in the last eighteen months in the United States uh, have claimed fourteen lives, and 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 we know we don't have to imagine we know the ripple effect that it had uh, even outside San Diego, Pittsburgh, and now Jersey City. And uh, we don't want to go through this anymore. We would like to see. Uh, we would like to see peaceful coexistence and uh, and the ability for law enforcement to really protect us to the nth degree. So, we love what you're doing, and it's important. But uh, we hope this is the last time we have to have this conversation. Amen. And I thank you for joining us this morning. Okay, my pleasure. All right, Doctor Norman Blumenthal, ohelfamily.org. He is the director of trauma and crisis response. Plenty of information on the site, and as we said. Uh, anybody in any position, whether you're a parent, educator, administrator, etc., uh, who now, especially as we hit the 48-hour mark later today, is dealing with the aftermath of this episode, 1-800-603-OHEL, 1-800-603-OHEL, or access at olfamily.org, access at olfamily.org. More coming up. It's JM in the AM.